Welcome to the Fabulously Keto podcast aimed at improving health, vitality and quality of life. Eating real food in a ketogenic lifestyle. I'm Jackie Fletcher and I'm based in the UK. And I'm Louise Reynolds, an Aussie currently based in Bangkok, Thailand. Each week we will be bringing you guests who share their stories and discuss a range of topics which we hope will improve your health and well-being. Many of the guests, like us, came to Keto for Weight Loss and have stayed for their well-being, numerous health benefits and because they are living their best lives. We hope you will be inspired to incorporate these ideas into your own health journey so that you can feel better than you ever have before. Thinking about starting keto? Take a listen to episode number two, What is Keto and How to Start? Welcome to episode 150 of the Fabulously Keto podcast. And as as I'm recording this, I'm in Turkey at the moment on holiday with huge temperatures of over 50 degrees, which is about 122 Fahrenheit. But I'm having a really good time. We can't sit out in the sun for any more than a few minutes unless it's half past five in the evening. Um, but I'm still managing to get a little bit brown having a good rest as whilst preparing the podcast and doing some other work as well. So today I'm interviewing Tia Reid. Tia was introduced to me by Vic Basmagian of episode 148. And he recommended Tia while we, whilst we were recording and I reached out to Tia and she booked in straight away. So hence the reason that, you know, Vic was 148 and now um, tier is 150 so it came really quickly came around really quickly anyway here's what Tia says having been diagnosed with type 2 diabetes metabolic syndrome hypertension obesity non-alcoholic fatty liver sleep apnea as well as adrenal insufficiency and carbohydrate addiction I realized it was high time I engaged in self-management of my chronic illness I needed to, in effect, take action to improve my health to save my own life. I adapted the mindset through the guidance of Dr. Robert Cyrus that carbohydrates are an addiction to treat my type 2 diabetes and metabolic syndrome. This was what saved my life. It was abundantly clear that I am a carbohydrate stroke sugar addict. Under the care of Dr. Cyrus, and support from everyone in the low carb community, I have eliminated over 20 medications. I now have a passion for life and a desire to help others. I have over 35 years experience in service-based environments from owning a restaurant and motel to currently working in a hospital setting as the director of nutritional services. Because of my first-hand knowledge of how uh, LCHF, low carb, high fat lifestyle can help and even reverse NAFL, non-alcoholic fatty liver. Type 2 diabetes, obesity, hypertension and adrenal insufficiency, sleep apnea, depression and gout. I'm enthusiastic to give others the therapeutic option of LCHF nutrition on their individual journeys to wellness. As a nutrition network coach accredited by the Society of Metabolic Health Practitioners and certified and licensed sugar, S-U-G-A-R, addiction specialist. 
with this certification specialising in sugar, stroke flour and processed food addiction that includes self-effective screening, assessment, evaluation and treatment of processed food addiction. I am currently enrolled in HMA training on the highly beneficial process of biochemical repair or in the proactive treatment of addiction interaction disorder, AID, with Bitten's addiction. Let's go and hear from Tia. Welcome, Tia, to the Fabulously Keto podcast. It's fabulous to have you with us today. I am so excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me. I feel very honored. <laughs> We're very pleased that you're with us. So we always start with where in the world are you? Well, I am from the United States in southern Illinois in a small little town called Chester. <laughs> Excellent. And you said that's about seven hours from Chicago. So yeah, it's southern. Oh, when people think Illinois, they think Chicago right away, but I'm far, far down. Illinois is long. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your journey and how you came to low carb? keto carnival wherever you are at this particular well I know where you are at this particular moment in time but you know take us on a journey hey I will so I have got really really sick um it took me a while to get there but um after visiting my cousin in New Mexico he noticed uh what had happened to me around I was around 40 years old and he's like man you you can't even walk down the street without you know taking some deep breaths and stuff. He said, I, I think you, you could get some help. Let's see if I found this doctor, um, the carb addiction doc, and maybe, maybe we could get you an appointment with him. But before I tell you more about that, um, I had been diagnosed with, um, non-alcoholic fatty liver, type two diabetes, um, obesity, depression, GERD, gout, adrenal insufficiency and sleep apnea and was on over 20 medications including an insulin pump and of course the CPAP titration so it doesn't how, seem real no. how old did you say you were because you you broke up a little bit as you said it oh okay well that when I decided uh when I was very very sick and it was at my last point I was four, about 40 years old that's really we young like, yeah we were like man I don't I didn't know how long I would, it would be. I didn't really know. Um, so, I mean, it took me a while to get there and then let's go back. Let's go back. Um, my timeline's a little bit wrong here. That's when I started to get really sick. Um, it was five years ago, whenever we took it serious and I went to, to find help when I asked for help. Oh, that when you saw your cousin five years ago. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's when I, that's when I needed help. <laughs> So that 40, I, I, I couldn't do it alone. Yeah. So 40 years you started getting sick. And yeah. Then, real sick. Yeah. And then so you all those things that you just mentioned, the type 2 diabetes, the um, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, all those things sort of came in over the years, did they? Yeah. It, well, the first thing I was diagnosed with uh, was non-alcoholic fatty liver um, you know, and I was told that there was a lot of people that had it that I, you know, not to worry about it too much. Um, but that's when everything started. And it mm -hmm. seemed like after that, then came the hypertension, then came the diabetes. Next thing you know, I've got really bad um, GERD, um, gout, um, just one thing after another, it just spiraled. Um, 
I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe this was me because I felt like before I was so full of life. And now here I was at this point where I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to go to any family functions. I didn't want to have my picture taken. Uh, I was never going to go swimming. That's for sure. Uh, you know, I didn't want to get in a suit. Um, it was just, it was very bad. And it was depressing to see that. And my, and my kids and my family, I have three kids, adult kids now, and they were worried too. They were like, mom, you know, you're not going to be around for us to, to get married unless you do something. We got to take you somewhere. You got to do something. What can we do to help? You know, everybody was concerned. And it's really hard to change, isn't it? Because you know, yeah. I don't know about you, but I knew what I was doing was wrong. I knew that wheat, I knew that wheat was addictive. I'd read Wheat Belly years and years ago in 2009 or something like that, not 2010. So I knew wheat was addictive and I just couldn't stop. You know, every day you'd say, I'd go to bed and say, tomorrow I'm just going to be different. Tomorrow I'm going to eat less and I'm going to move more. But just nothing changes. You can't. I don't know. You just feel so out of control, don't you? Yeah. And, and we owned a family style restaurant at the time, um, uh, a really good restaurant, too. And we made homemade pies and homemade breads. And um, I'd find myself eating, you know, one or two rolls or, you know, when somebody would get up to get more, I'd hurry it up and eat another roll. Um, you know, there was ice cream machine there and we just made really good desserts. It Sugar addiction, food addiction is so real. For those of you out there struggling, it is real. It's it, And you can release yourself of shame and make a plan, um, you know, to, to protect yourself and get rid of the sugar from your diet. And most people think that sugar is just the white stuff, you know, but it's in it's bread and pasta. Yeah. It's all those things. Yeah, everything. Who would have known? I would have known back in the day. I wouldn't have thought you know, that pasta turned to sugar in your body or bread. Yeah. Oh, I love bread. I loved bread too. But now, you know, I'd rather keep my eyesight and my limbs. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to refrain from, from eating the bread. Yeah. But my uric acid levels were really high. I ended up with a kidney stone that was stuck in my ureter, um, got choppered and put on the vent. Um, I almost died then. Um, was on a TPN bag for a couple of weeks one time with high triglycerides. They were like 7,900 when I went into the, the doctor. But that time it was uh, acute pancreatitis. And they ended up finding a whole bunch of gallstones. So they took my gallbladder out then as well. Um, I had tumors in my three grapefruit-sized tumors in my uterus. And they did a radical hysterectomy. Um, I had to go to uh, a cancer doctor for that because an oncologist, he thought that there were um, my blood work. It showed that it, I may have signs of that, but I was very fortunate. And after they removed them, um, there was no cancer there. So I didn't have to do any treatment for it. But uh, after that, um, there was adrenal. I had a tumor in my adrenal gland that had gotten bigger and bigger. And I had, had been diagnosed with Cushing's. Um, I don't know if you know what Cushing's does, but common signs are like weight around your midsection, fatty deposits around your face and your upper neck. I kind of like had a hump on the back of my uh, neck, but my legs and arms were kind of still skinny. It was like a lot in my midsection and I felt weak and tired and sad all the time. And he told me that doctor told me after he took out my uh, 
tumor that um, maybe everything would start going back into place, but it didn't because they had to remove the whole gland, right? Adrenal gland. And then my left adrenal gland had fallen asleep. So now I had no fight or flight uh, and no cortisol. So to make on my own. So I had to be put on prednisone for that uh, for many years. Um, But with proper nutrition, I was able to eliminate all of that as well. Wow. Um, You've been through the wars, really, haven't you? You've had to, uh, yeah. almost everything you could get in every <laughs> organ of your body. It's just insane. When I tell people it doesn't seem real, that all these things happen to me. But I had to carry a shot of dexamethasone with me everywhere I went in case I was in an accident or uh, got something really bad wrong with me that um, I would, because my body wouldn't go into fight or flight. So I would have to give my shot, self a shot of that dexamethasone. Um, I, I felt like I couldn't catch a break, you know, like the end was near any time. And, um, I wanted to see my kids get married and my daughter just got engaged. So I'm really excited about it. So I'm getting to see her and my uh, eldest uh, son has gotten married. So I got to see them get married. So I have one more left <laughs> to get married. But I tell you what, what happened when, 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 he, when we saw Dr. Siwas, he said, Tia, you have a carb addiction. Can you get, can you stop eating carbs? Can you get rid of your love affair with carbohydrates? And I'm like, what? Mm. You, you know, you got to have carbs to live, right? Yeah. How you could he want me to take care of that? You need 60% of your diet should come from carbs. Right. I mean, that's what I've been told. I mean, the diabetic educators had told me, Tia, you have to have 46 grams of carbs per meal, 15 grams of carbs for the snacking in between and don't go four hours without eating. And that's what I did. And I got sicker and sicker until I was on up to 200 in between 180 and 200 units of insulin via pump uh, per day. And then 50 units of Lantus at night um, in the evening. And, you know, that was just making me bigger and sicker because insulin's a fat horm- storage hormone, right? We yep. all know that now. So it was just, it's just crazy. So I think that just freed me. The acceptance, acceptance is like a superpower to me. Like I accepted, okay, I have a carb addiction. Um, people have had addictions in one, right? They've gotten help, the right help in one. So now I had hope. And all I had to do was sit down with my family and tell them, hey, you know what? I am sick. I have a, an addiction. Um and we can, and I can get better, but I need your help. I need to take these things out of the cabinets. I need to stop when I make supper, I'm going to stop making the mashed potatoes and gravy. You know, we're going to have to eat a little bit differently. And I, are you guys with me? Can, are you with me kids? And they're like, yeah, let's do this. You know, how, so, how, how old were they at that time? Well, let me see. Uh, my daughter's 30 now. So she was 25. And then my other son that's still living at home is 23 now. So, um, 18. they were, they, they saw my struggle and that I didn't want to go anywhere, you know, didn't want to be seen in public. Really. I went straight from work to home and wanted to sleep when I got home and I get up to eat and then I go back to sleep again. Cause I was just so tired. Yeah. And you know, you can't move more and eat less when you're feeling like that. It took me a while to, to want to even move. Yeah. It happens. So ha- are you happy to share how much you weighed at, the, at your heaviest? Yeah, I, I was 250 and I'm 150 now. So, right. Let me work that out. So, um, 
250 mm-hmm. sorry folks um i should have that's okay i should have done this in advance because you told me this before so divided by 2.2 is 113 kilos and divided by 14 is 17 nearly 18 stone 17 times 14 is 238 yeah nearly nearly 18 stone that's and, crazy and you're five foot five you told me so yes, not terribly yeah. tall and you know once once he told me that I was an addict I could be free of shame and I could make a plan and I knew there wasn't something wrong with me and there were so many other people that had this too and there was nothing wrong with them either and he told me the only way to correct it's with proper nutrition so eating real whole foods nothing from a box right so yeah. I had to change my behavior and behavior change is a whole nother ball game, you know, <laughs> and being kind to yourself. Like if you mess up one meal, okay, you messed up, get back on the next time, get back on the next meal. Don't wait another day or another month. <laughs> Absolutely. You, I always say to my clients, you've always got a choice. You can choose supportive foods or you can choose unsupportive foods and every bite you've got a choice. Right. And he kind of taught me to take one day at a time, take one meal at a time to plan, prepare and protect yourself from yourself. So like if you're he's like, you know, how many times you look in that refrigerator, don't do any more drive bys, no more drive bys. You know, I started out with the three meals a day, eat till you're full, don't eat any carbohydrates. And if you want a snack, ask yourself, are you bored? Where are you bored? Are you really hungry? You know, get up, take a walk, call your friend, walk the dog, you know, put a puzzle together, whatever. Just get up and then come back to it. Take a pause. (laughs) That was great for me. Yeah, it it just recenters you, doesn't it? And sometimes just if you can if you can do something for half an hour. Yeah. Go for a walk or whatever it is. Make a phone call, like you said, just half an hour. it, It passes. Yeah. And then it makes you notice. It makes you notice when snacking becomes habitual and mindless. Right. So then you can you can like kind of get in tune to your own body because everybody's different. But it can happen so quickly. One bite could be too too many. You know, one of some a certain food, one bite could be too many. And uh, one of my mentors told me when you're feeling rested, restless and have a some behavior that instantly soothes. Uh, that restlessness that a habit's taken hold. And I had a lot of those that had taken hold. So um, what, what specifically being, were yours and what were your trigger foods? I liked salty. I liked chips. I could eat a whole bag of family size bag of chips. Just, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be, okay, let's take 20 because 20 pieces is a serving. So I take out those and, I, you know, I'd be like, screw that. I want the whole bag. <laughs> <laughs> when nobody's looking, I hope they go outside because I'm going to, eat them, you know, or the cheese puffs, you know, uh, you know, and one time, and I've told if anybody's heard me talk before, the, the one time I got in my daughter's chocolate morsels, and I'm, it was just barely open, she hardly had any out of them. I'm like, I'm gonna take some of them out and put them in another bag and hide them in my underwear drawer. And nobody's gonna find them there. And as soon as everybody's gone, I'm gonna eat those because they look marvelous. And she used to work for a pastry chef, uh, one of the top in the country. So uh, they were good marcels and uh, she, she saw right away that they were, there was some missing and she's like, mom, 
I need you to come clean because they're gone. There's some missing from that bag. I'm like, you totally could see that there's that much gone. And she's like, yeah. So I took her and she's like, okay, I can't keep these in that. I'm going to have to put these in the safe. (laughs) That's all there is to it. (laughs) But, you know, an urge, I just want to, anybody listening, an urge or a thought can't make you eat those morsels. You know, a thought's in your head, right? So just let it pass by. Don't grab onto it. Let it pass by for a moment. Take a pause. Thoughts can't make you eat cake or pizza. All thoughts are optional. That's, you know, I had to think that. And I, I keep that on my uh, on my uh, office and at home. All thoughts are optional. <laughs> yeah. If you do have an addiction, you know, sometimes the addiction is too much and you don't, you can't control, uh, you can't control your thoughts. So there's, there's a difference there sometimes. Do you find that, because you, was it five years ago that you consulted with, um, Dr. Rob? Yes. Yes. So now you're, so now you're five years down the line. Do you find that you're still as challenged to, to stay away from, from the carbs? Does no, it, because once it, you eliminate sugar, I don't know. I think I have a scare factor as well, because if I start eating that way again, all these things are going to come back. Yeah. They're all, it'll, it'll all come back. I'll get my non-alcoholic fatty liver back. I'll get my type two diabetes back. And I don't want to, I work in a hospital setting. I don't want to lose a leg. I don't want to lose an arm or an eye. And I know that that, that could have been my next step in my journey. So, um, acceptance, like I said, acceptance, acceptance for me really is a super power and I did a lot of lying hiding and sneaking food so I know um, there's a great diagnostic screening tool out there called the uncope screening tool that that'll give you an indication if you have a sugar addiction it's awesome I can share that with you um, as yeah well. that'd be good I think we put you know, some links in some previous podcasts but it's good we can add it in this in the yeah. show notes yeah, yeah. and Addiction is, is addiction is chronic and progressive, but type two diabetes is not. And doctor, the doctors have all told, taught me that in this community, low carb community is just wonderful. Yeah. Um, If you go into the mainstream setting, they'll tell you it is progressive. And yeah. And chronic and um, yeah, but we know it's not. But sugar addiction is, and it's always, you know, if you're a dick, if you're an addict, you'll be an addict. You're once an addict, always an addict. So you need to find groups uh, to protect yourself. Um, you know, you have to stay on top of it. I think self-care is healthcare. How about you? Yeah, I like that. Yeah, self-care is healthcare. I say that a lot. And sugar is the gateway drug. It comes to us, we start eating it when we're really small. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and, and it's like normalized. Yeah. Um, we were... Every- we were at a conference recently, and um, I can't remember who was saying it. One one of the speakers was saying, um, "It's a recreational drug." It is. It's the same as cocaine, or it's worse than cocaine. They say it lights up your brain more than cocaine. Yeah. So the ultra processed foods, and it's really annoying me because I can't think who it was. But anyway, they were saying that the ultra processed foods, so all those that come in packets, should have a warning sign on like cigarettes do yes i agree this is a drug and this is a drug and um yeah 
you know, and not only that, it's, you know, it is a primary disease and it's very serious and we're challenged by it several times a day because we have to eat. You have yeah. to live, you know, you have to eat. And you have to go shopping in a shop that sells all this stuff and puts it all in front of you when you come out to the desk. And yeah. um, I recently, and you might, do you know um, Zippy Levner? I've heard, yeah, I've heard, but yeah. And she was saying how, because um, she she deals with um, food, food and sugar addiction as well, and she was saying how when you go into the um, gas station, petrol station in, in the UK, um, it's like a, you're, go, you're walking through a drug store, as in all the sweets and the cakes and the biscuits and um, biscuits and cookies, um, all those things that you have to walk past just to pay for your fuel. Yeah, so, it just has cues everywhere, triggers and cues everywhere, even in an automotive only, store. She says, yeah, she says only go to gas stations that um, you can pay by card and you stay outside the shop. Yeah, that's one form. To, that's one way to protect yourself, isn't it? Yeah. You know, because sugar addiction is biological, psychological, social and spiritual. It affects all those areas of your life. It affected all the areas of my life. I know uh, biological. OK, it affected my sleep. I had volatile blood sugars. Um fatigue, stomach problems. I took Norco as needed because I was, I was sick. I mean, I was tired and my muscles ached all day long with no cortisol. And then psychological, I had um, worry, anxiety, and I felt total depressions. I was on Wellcall or no, not Wellcall. Uh, I was on Wellcall too, but Cymbalta and Wellbutrin for depression. The, uh, Cymbalta was the hardest one for me to get off of. It was very difficult because I was on it for a long time. And then social, you know, I would isolate myself. Um, I lost friends. Um, I had work-related problems, relationship issues, um, spiritual, you know, you just kind of no contact with nature. You're, you just worry and there's fear and worry. And the only thing that can really help all this is proper nutrition and, and biochemical repair. Yeah. Needed. So how long, so when you started out, did you cut out all the carbs? Did you cut them out immediately or did you wean yourself off of them? I was ready. We had tried so many different things in the past and I was ready. Uh, so I did what he told me. I followed his real food eating plan, which involved a low carb, high fat nutrition. And that's how I started uh, with 20 grams of carbs or, or, or less, uh, you know, or less a day. The idea was no carbs, but I was going to get probably some hidden carbs and some stuff. Yeah. Until I educated myself more because, you know, by the I had been told I could eat anything I wanted in moderation and just give myself a bullet of insulin before. Yeah. So it was really hard for me to, you know, and, and salt. He's like, use salt to taste and, uh, use high fat items like real fat, like bacon grease. We have a bacon grease tent on our counter or a real butter, uh, you know, get rid of the nasty oil stuff, which we had in our counter full. Yeah. <laughs> full well, we, we all did because we thought that was the right thing to do. Yeah. I mean, I never eliminated butter from my diet. I always had butter, but we still had, we still fried in vegetable oils and things like that. So 
Yeah. And we just had some, you know, I never ate liver until I started a more carnivorous part of my journey, but we had it the other night, beef, beef liver, Brad fried it in um, bacon grease. And it was so good. I couldn't believe it. So how how long when from when you started low carb or is more ketogenic by the sound of it? Yeah, yeah. How long did it take till you started to feel better and and how long did it take to start coming off some of those the medications? Okay, so I felt better within the first few weeks because if I promised I would stick to the plan, the eating plan, he I already I already was under doctor's care for, to get off all these medications. That's very important if anyone's listening. If you are on a bunch of medications, you need to be under a doctor's care because this way of eating will heal your body and make your medications very powerful. Yeah. So I was able to eliminate my insulin like almost in half right away. Excellent. And, um, yeah, it was just insane. And we even got rid of some of my blood pressure medicine uh, right away because I was on 200 milligrams of metapolar tartrate a day and 40 milligrams of lisinopril a day. And uh, I was also on um, Prevostatin. He eliminated that right away, the statins. Um, and I felt so much better. I mean, those, some of the stat, the statins made me feel like I had to like, like I was 80 years old. Like I couldn't, uh, you know, I had to hold on to stuff going upstairs. I couldn't, I couldn't believe how much better I felt within the first few weeks of eating this way. And it was tasty and good. And I got to eat the chicken, the, uh, the crispy chicken uh, air fried in the fryer and the the fat on on the ribeye. I got to eat all that. And I always liked salt and, uh, so I got to start salting my food again. Um, it was magical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And well, one thing though, I, I used to always eat, uh, and it was hard for me to eliminate fruit, but being a type two diabetic, fruit turned to sugar, same as, you know, in my body and went straight to my liver. So I had to eliminate fruit and I don't miss it today. I really don't. But I, in the beginning I did, because I would start my day off with a great big ginormous bowl of mixed fruit, oatmeal and, and toast thinking I was eating really healthy and it was really hurting me. (laughs) Yeah. People say to me, Oh, I eat, you probably find that as well. I eat really healthily. I have a really healthy breakfast. You know, they're going to say I have porridge with water (laughs) and fruit, and yeah. And you just think, yeah. Okay. The system wants to keep us sick. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's all. I mean, and now, you know, and then after a while I started this, you know, I would uh, eat my omelets now in the morning instead of all that other stuff. I would eat a, an omelet with some bacon, um, maybe some avocado on the side. Um, and I would find myself not even wanting lunch. You yeah. know, I'm skipping a meal now. I'm like, whoa, I'm skipping meals. This is crazy. I couldn't go without a meal before. And, uh, or I thought that I had to eat right at noon or right at eight or right at five o'clock. Um, and then eventually he was like, let's try doing uh 16 eights. And I'm like, Oh, I can do this. I'll just wait and eat my omelet at noon. Yeah. And it becomes easy, doesn't it? And, yeah. and I love, you know what I, I really feel now is the freedom to, I don't know about you, but I would always worry if I was, if there wasn't food around or there wasn't going to be enough oh, food. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I used to have to eat, like you say, at lunchtime, I had to have my lunch. Otherwise, mid-afternoon, I'd get a headache and I'd feel shaky and all these things that now you, you 
Doesn't and matter. people would say, and people would say, "Oh, your blood sugar's off. You need to eat something." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I did that with my son. He'd get really stroppy when he came home from school, and it's like, "Eat something. Here's a sandwich. Eat." Yeah. And then he'd then he'd be all right, but actually, I was causing the problem. Oh, we didn't know. We only know what we know. Exactly. We can't know it. <laughs> So um, I was just going to mention that um, for the listeners that if people want to hear Rob Sivers, um, that's episode 62 that um, Louise and I interviewed him. So oh, great. That is fantastic. <laughs> he also has a series of videos on Low Carb USA on uh, on diabetes. There's like 11 videos. I can give you the link to that. And that's those videos I watched before my appointment with him. And I knew uh, that I was going to get the help I needed. Yeah, fabulous. Yeah. But, you know. And the other thing I was going to say is in the U.S. now, I mean, COVID has been terrible for lots of people. But one of the good things that have come has come out of it is people are more used to using like we're on Zoom now. People are much more used to using Zoom and not having to be in the locality of certain people. So like um, Dr. Rob and Dr. Tro and. Um, there's lots of other doctors, particularly in the US, that can you can consult with without being anywhere near them. That's great. I know that Brian Linsky's he's really great too. Yeah. So I, I didn't know I was gonna say Brian Linsky's, but I didn't know if he does telehealth as well. I, I he just moved, so I'm not for sure if he does either. Tony Hampton is an amazing doctor too. I'm wondering if he does um telemedicine. So, yeah, nobody nobody needs to because you were saying about you need to speak to a doctor to come off some of the drugs. Um, So there's there's plenty of doctors out there that you could consult with who will support a low carb journey. Yes. And, you know, there's a uh, I don't know, uh, the Society of Metabolic Health Professionals or and low carb USA, they have a list of practitioners that are all low carb. If you're looking for one and can't find one that you might be able to find all over the world. Yeah. Yeah. So you're already a, you're already a SMPH. Yeah. I'm very proud of my accreditation. Yeah. I love the society of metabolic health professionals and I'm also on their advocacy committee, which is pretty cool. So we're coming out with some great handouts for professionals and, um, and clients and patients. Yeah. fabulous. I think one of the biggest things with, uh, when you're first starting like that is you need to know that change is different for everyone and that your progress might be slower than someone else's and that's okay. You know, just do it, you know, focus on one meal at a time and don't worry about being perfect because nobody's perfect 100% of the time. Nope. You know? Yeah. It just, I, I, I say it depends what you do most of the time. Yeah. And your mind's going to play tricks on you no matter what. Don't believe the lies that your habitual mind is going to tell you. You know, the ones like, I can't do this, or I'll start tomorrow, or, uh, you know, just one piece is okay. That's the one I can't, I can't have just one piece. Yeah. I have to abstain. Yeah. See, I'm, yeah. A, moder- I'm a moderator, so I could have. My, my husband is too. You're lucky. He can have a little piece of chocolate every night. Yeah. But you know what? Sometimes I think, are you as abs- abstainers? in a way have it better because you just can't have it yeah whereas we have to go through the mental anxiety of should I have it or shouldn't I have it or I could have it but maybe I shouldn't have it and so all that um mind um 
thought yeah, stuff. Yeah, it is a mind game. <laughs> as Louise calls it, the loophole thinking that's going to send you yeah. to, oh, well, just one just one bit won't hurt me because I'll, I'll be back to it tomorrow. But So then you keep doing it. So, um, yeah, in a way, abstaining is possibly better. <laughs> I never thought of it that way, but I do like it. Yeah. Like Dr. Rob always said, um, do not snack. It's always an emotional event. Yeah. You know, get up and do something. Don't, Don't he says, he says, Yeah. He says, Don't drink your calories. Oh, yeah. That was the first one that I had to do is get rid of anything with uh, carbohydrates or sugar in it. That was yeah. the first challenge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I would drink a lot of those uh, Starbucks stuff, too. And I was like, whoa, I, once I educated myself on those drinks, I'm like, I can't have that no more either. No. Bad news. Full of sugar, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then, um, so you've been down this journey. So um, when did you start training and started to help? Oh, uh I do whenever uh, I I felt on fire for helping other people. And um, he had mentioned, well, why don't you uh, become a member of the SMHP? And um, he told me a little bit about that. So uh, I looked into it and followed the nutrition network path that led me into the uh, being one of the first 12 coach practitioners to graduate. And uh, it's been a wonderful experience for me. I love nutrition network. Um, and that's where I met Bitten Johnson, the international um, sugar addiction yeah. expert. Uh, and I've taken her, I'm now certified and licensed to use her sugar diagnostic tool as a sugar addiction specialist and in uh, her HMA holistic medication for addiction training right now. So I can, uh, I'll be able to help myself and others with biochemical repair. Yeah. So, which is important, you know, sleep, uh, sleep is really important and breathing properly. I use sleep tape at night mm. now that I don't have a CPAP machine and it's magical. My husband says I never snore anymore. I feel rested in the morning when I get up after it took me a while to learn how to do it or feel comfortable with it. But, um, I really, I really, I bring it everywhere I go. When I travel, my, I gotta have my sleep tape in my bag. So, <laughs> so I know what this is because I've done it before as well. And I haven't done it recently and maybe I should try it again do it again um but maybe tell the listeners a little bit about that um i just you just put it over your mouth so that keeps your you're breathing through your nose uh when you're a mouth breather um it actually can hurt your gut and your microbiome and everything so it's very important for you to breathe through your nose and not be a mouth breather and i was a very big mouth breather so it's helped me tremendously at night feel rested um yeah i love it i love it (laughs) I did it for a long time and then I stopped for a bit and then I did it again and then I stopped again. But yeah, maybe. And so for the listeners, it's just some micropore and you don't even need very much. You don't even need to cover your whole mouth, do you? Right, right. Just all you're doing is put it on your lips so they don't open because I think people, when you sleep, and, and I notice it more when I roll onto my back and I will do that in my sleep, then I start breathing through my mouth. Um, yeah, it's really good. You can get it at, at a lot of the stores. I don't know. Do you have Amazon over yeah. there? You can get it on Amazon. Um, I like Anders Olsen's tape. It's I like to cover my whole mouth because I find a way to get it off my mouth. I don't know how I do it. But 
pick it off. <laughs> Another cool thing I wanted to share with you, uh, not on mouth breathing, was I don't know if you've seen um, Dr. Unwin's, um, oh, the app on his phone called. Um, Is it the Freshwells one? Yes, the Freshwell app. Yeah. Yes, it's the best tool ever. I love it. It talk, tells you all about, um, you know, the ketogenic diet and it shows you the little uh, the little sugar graphics on like even a banana and then how much sugar's in it. And you'll be surprised at how much sugar's in that yeah. or fries or whatever. Anyway, so, down the app. I'm not so, receiving any money for this. I'm just telling you it's great. <laughs> yeah, and it's free. And it's um, so the doctors that created this is Dr. David Oliver and Dr. Kim Andrews. Yes. Yes, thank and they, you. And they they practice about an hour from where I live. And it's not oh. even that far. It's only because it's through country lanes. I'm so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've the interview, uh, we're recording this on the 8th of June. So the interview that came out today, which is episode 143, is Viv Hamilton. And she lives in their catchment area for seeing, for they were her doctors. Oh, my gosh. And I, I sent her a message and said, I'm going to come and live with you. Yes, <laughs> so absolutely. So I can see these doctors. They're, they're, they're lovely, um, David and Kim. So That is amazing. I am I got to meet uh, um, Dr. Unwin, the Unwins uh, at Boca and, oh, yeah. uh, in Denver. So they're, they're just less lovely people. <laughs> yeah. So, um, oh, God, there's. Uh, these are so uh so david unwin is episode 133 oh mm -hmm. no that's a replay that was a replay but anyway uh, 66 i think was his main one jen unwin i've interviewed a couple of times and um david and kim was the end of last year sometime last year what an incredible podcast you have all these people on it this is just so amazing yeah episode 118 Oh, and it's actually called the Freshwell Low Carb Project. Yeah, it's such a great project. I tell everyone about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think celebrating the non-scale victories once you start are the best. You know, when your clothes start fitting better, my skin feels so soft and it used to itch and be dry and cracked all the time. Um, you know, the management of your cravings, snacking less, your energy levels. And not feeling hangry all the time. I mean, I used to be hangry. Like, I would get angry if we, it was time to eat and we were nowhere near getting ready to eat. I became a different person. Yeah. <laughs> I need to ask you because, um, one, for the listeners, you look amazing. You look absolutely amazing. Did you, did you always have curly hair? Yeah, I did. I had curly hair, except for when I was really small. But I've had curly hair for a long time. It's kind of crazy. I never know what's what's gonna be. <laughs> my hair's gone. It's not as curly as yours, but I've got these curls since I've been low carb. Isn't that great? <laughs> People <laughs> pay for that. I feel blessed. It looks awesome. <laughs> I used to pay for it. I used to have perms when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that fun? <laughs> yeah. So tell us about um your diet at the moment. What 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 do you eat on a daily basis? Well, normally I'm doing a little bit of a challenge right now, but uh, normally I would eat twice a day. I would try to do 16, um, you know, 16 or 18 hour fast and I would eat a lunch 
uh, it could be breakfast food, but I'll eat a lunch and a dinner. And then I try, you know, not to snack in between. If I find myself in a situation where I need to pr protect myself, I will plan ahead of time and bring uh, no carb foods. And a lot of times when I do that, people want it. And I'm like, stay out of my stash. <laughs> <laughs> what, do, what, do you, what do you snack? What do you stash um, when you're, um, Okay, so, well, when I have to do something like that, I might make hard-boiled eggs. I might bring some of uh, the pork rinds and make some homemade um, dill dip made with my homemade mayo recipe. You know, I try to not buy store-bought stuff like that if possible. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's normally it. I don't bring anything fancy. Okay, yeah, no, I can get <laughs> like some. When, when I go to, or, you know, cheese. Cheese is always an option yep. to bring some cheese. So what's, what's a lunch for you then? Um, a lunch for me might be um, like today I had hamburger. I had a hamburger that I had made at home and we have uh, farm eggs because we have 60 chickens. So I eat a lot of eggs. So I scrambled up some eggs with some real butter and had a piece of bacon with it and some, some hamburger because I'm more carnivore right now. Yeah, And I had a little pad of butter with it. But when I was more uh, more keto, I would maybe eat um, the hamburger and have maybe a salad with it yeah, or some veg. But I find I feel better when I don't the less veg. Now, my husband is more keto whore and he always has broccoli or asparagus or something like that with his meal. Hmm. And then supper, similar, is it? Yeah, similar. Tonight is our anniversary. So... Um, He's uh, planning on some ribeyes, so we'll probably have some ribeyes with my side of eggs. <laughs> I call them my vegetables. <laughs> so as we're speaking, I'm doing a carnivore challenge, 30 day, and you're doing a BBBE challenge, which is yeah. beef, bacon, butter and eggs. How's that going? It's going good. quite strict, isn't it? Yeah, and I've struggled a little bit because I do like cheese. And that, that's my kryptonite. So I usually have a little bit of cheese with everything or some sour cream or, or something like that to fat fortify a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Not fat load, but fat fortify. <laughs> yeah. And I've, I've found that for me, because I'm, I've been fairly carnivore, but not completely. So I would have some veg with my supper and some chocolate and some olives during the day. Um, I found that I sort of need the cheese and the dairy as a stepping stone to not having those other things. Right. And I'm yeah. thinking, you know, if I can keep this going, then maybe I will try and drop the dairy or drop the cheese or have less. I, I like that. And and I I was always encouraged to like, you know, when I feel like I need something like that to maybe drink some coffee, maybe drink some coffee with some heavy whipping cream in it to, for a bridge to get yeah. me back to the next meal, you yeah. know, and it usually that works. <laughs> yeah. And you were telling me now that because you can't have the dairy, you've been frothing up some egg and put putting yeah. that. Coffee. Dr. Barry's wife, Nisha, uh, she does that. And there's a, she's got a video on YouTube on uh, frothing an egg in her coffee, egg and coffee or something like that. But I froth it up and it's really, it's really kind of good. It kind of tastes like creamier. I just cracked the egg in there froth it up with the yolk and everything and it gets real frothy and pour the coffee in. And I actually put some Redmond salt in mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <For electrolytes. laughs> and it takes away some of the bitterness of the coffee. 
Yeah, yeah. Some people gross out on it, but I like a l- little pinch of salt in mine. Excellent. Yeah. So when so I, we started on this on this journey, and then we um we we got sidetracked. So when yeah. did you start training at the Nutrition Network? Um, let me see. Hold on a second. Let me look. So it must have been in uh, two thousand twenty one because my certificate says twenty two on it in January. <laughs> Excellent. And yeah, so and I felt addicted to them. They're really great. And um, the courses were really great. And I could do them in my own time until I became until I applied for the coach practitioner program, which is a little bit different because you get a certification and there's you have to write papers and you have Zoom meetings and uh, it's a little more intense. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm training to be uh, well, I'm training. um so the ultimate goal is to be an SMHP, um, but I'm doing it through doing sports nutrition and personal training. Nice. Yeah, there's different pathways, isn't there? Yeah. So I've done the Nutrition Network Advisor. Uh, that was, oh, ages ago, 2019 or 2020, something like that. And I've done Primal Health Coaching, slightly yeah. different. I think that would be amazing. The Mark Sisson one? Yeah. Oh, I wanted to do that one. It's very good. And and so now I'm doing I'm working with Jeff Cotterman and doing the sports sports nutrition and personal training. Wow, that's amazing. Talking, yeah. do you exercise? Do I exercise? Yes. Yes. So it's a bit hit and miss at the moment because of work. But um normally Monday, Tuesday evening, and either Saturday or Sunday morning, I do Taekwondo. Um, I do the smart training, um, which is the weight resistance, usually twice a week. And I should have done it today. And now I probably won't get it done today. So it'll be tomorrow. Um, So I do that twice a week. I do outdoor swimming, usually once a week, um, which is around a lake near here. Um, so it's cold, cold water swimming. And I don't know if I'm going to carry on, but I'm sort of doing the couch to 5K again for the fourth time or something like that. I've only <laughs> done week one. So today I was the plan was to get up early and do my couch to 5K run half an hour. Fine. And then I thought, oh, actually, um, maybe if I do the couch to 5K and then follow it with my smart training, I don't have to do the warm up. Excellent. <laughs> Except the day's gone by and I haven't done either now. <laughs> that happens. Life happens sometimes. Yeah. Make it up tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. I need, I, that's one thing I need to implement more is some strength training, especially at my age. Um, well, at any age, really, but I, I'm really bad. I, I, I need to do that more. I do walk every day. Excellent. And I try to walk after the meals and I like to lift weights. So, um, I have been Dr. Ben uh, Bikikio's, um Yeah, that's the one I do. Yeah. I have his bands, so I need to start doing that. I need to get on a, a program. It's fun to do it with other people. Yeah. Maybe I'll get somebody to do it with me at home. <laughs> <laughs> the boys always like the big barbells and stuff. But I get, I do always do too much and get too sore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I've got the bands, but I've also bought some um, – some weights i feel blessed to move before when they used to tell me to eat less and move more i wanted to cry all night long yeah 
Well, and then one day you just wake up after you're eating this way and you've lost some weight and you're like, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to go out and walk. Yeah. And the next thing you know, you're like walking three and four miles. <laughs> it's and now I don't know about you, but now you celebrate it's, you know, you get down on the floor and get up again, which I yeah. couldn't do before. And it's like, wow. Or that, just that was upstairs, yeah. yeah. Walk upstairs without pulling yourself up the um, banisters. Yeah, it's magical. <laughs> I just run upstairs. You know, yeah. you, you wouldn't have run anywhere before, but now you yeah. can, now you can run upstairs. <laughs> it's the best. It, it's little things, isn't it, that make you feel good? It is. It is. I mean, life is supposed to be like that, right? Yeah. <laughs> And it's like you said, it's those non-scale victories that um, yeah. that make the difference, keep you going. <laughs> they are because people think they got to look at the weight every day and this, there's no use in it. You'll start feeling it. Yeah. No sense in obsessing with the scale. So is there anything that we haven't spoken about that I'm going to ask you for your top tips shortly, but is there anything that we haven't spoken about that you wanted to share with the listeners today? I don't, I don't think that we covered a lot. We covered a lot. It's been so much fun. <laughs> I'm sure there's, we could talk about a whole lot more, but we, we covered a lot of stuff today. Yeah. So um, tell the listeners firstly how they can find you because you work internationally as well, don't you? Yes. I have a full-time job as a director of dietary uh, at a local hospital. So I, I, uh, when I have time and, and time, when time allows in the evenings, I coach other people. Um, but right now it's been a little bit hard. I just, I just want to encourage everyone, you know, if you do think you have an addiction um, to carbohydrates, just start now, just start now. Don't wait another day. Um, get a support group. If you want, there's so many support groups out there and you have one, right? You yeah. have your, your fate, yours, and there's sugar X globals out there. Um, Joan Eiflin's got the ARC out there that's international. There's so many great programs out there. And keep it simple. Don't make it hard. Just yeah. eliminate, you know, so, eat real so, food. Nothing from a box. Before you tell us your top tips, tell us how they can find you. How can people find you? Connect with you on oh, social media. I, sorry, I do that. I do that all the time. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, um, I'm, on, I'm on Facebook. Um as Tia Birchler Reed. I'm on um Instagram. Uh at Tia Reed. <laughs> I'm uh, on LinkedIn. Um, I'm also on Bitten's Addiction. If you look in Bitten's Addiction at their sugar professionals, I'm listed as one. Mm -hmm. And I'm on the SMHP website. Yep. And I'm on Tracy McBeats uh, Low Carb Healing Hub. I'm listed there on hers. She's one of my favorite mentors. Who's that? Did you say Tracy? Oh, Tracy, Tracy. McBeats. Yeah, the, the health and healing coach. She has a great... Uh, support too called the art of thriving yeah i've got her book because she was going to be a guest and then she had to cancel at the last minute so you have today is the name of her book it's magical yeah <laughs> so um yeah hopefully she'll come she'll come yeah on. so there, there's all different ways you can also find me on low carb usa and on nutrition network <laughs> oh yeah excellent so yeah. let's finish off with you telling the listeners your three top tips okay so uh, again your start today. Don't wait another day. You're starting with a new slate when you start. Nothing that happened before matters. Just don't look back. Uh, keep it simple. Don't make it too hard. Don't be afraid of fat. 
um, fat is your friend. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and uh, you know, you don't need sugar to live. It's non-essential. Um, if you mess up, if you mess up, set a goal for the next meal. Don't wait for the next day and say, oh, I messed up today. I'll just keep doing whatever. Just start the next meal and no one's perfect. Yeah. Fabulous. I think oh they all, yeah, but they, they're all really, really important. And, and I think, you know, especially if you mess up, it's not the end of the world. You just start, no. just start back next, next, yeah. Meal, no, next we all, yeah, we all make mistakes, right? Yeah. And we don't have to be perfect. Nobody's perfect, as you said, and we don't have to be perfect. You just have to right. do what you can. Don't be courageous, be courageous and ask for help. Ask for help if you need it. Yeah. There's so much out there. Especially if you recognize that you've got an addiction, you might need help, professional help. Yeah. yeah. So my favorite, my favorite quote um, from Bitten Johnson, um, every time I hear it, I shake my head, is addiction is like water surrounding a ship, always looking for a crack. Mm. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. Yeah. And you she says, be alone. <laughs> and she says, um, one bite is too many and a thousand is never enough that's true yeah judy wolfoy says that i love that i love that because it's so true yeah i can't thank you enough for having me on today i've had a blast <laughs> it's been fabulous it's been great yeah. to meet you yeah. <laughs> thank you for joining us you're welcome i can't wait let's do it again <laughs> yeah sure I really enjoyed talking with Tia. I felt like I'd known her for years. Even though we'd only just met, we just got on really well. Tia was another example of a carnivore who was glowing. Tia said that by the time she was 50, she could barely walk. She didn't want to go out and socialise. Her life was extremely restricted, both by what she could do physically and the restrictions she placed on herself mentally. She lists over half a dozen chronic illnesses that she suffered with and she was taking 20 medications. And I loved that she asked her family if they would support her on her journey and that they all agreed to help and support her. In less than five years, she has managed to reverse all of her illnesses and get off all the medications. What an incredible story. And again, it shows the power of the body to heal when you give it the right nutrition and the right environment for it to do so. Also, the commitment from Tia for her health. You know, she had to make that decision and make the changes and follow it through. But when you do that, then your body responds. It also goes to show that no matter how many illnesses you have, you can still make an impact and start to turn your health around. I hope you share this with someone you know who has some of the illnesses that Tia had and maybe they might be inspired to make a change. My next group programme is starting next month in August 2023, which would be ideal for somebody who'd like some guidance and support in making these changes. And details of the course can be found at fabulouslyketo.com forward slash group hyphen summer hyphen two three and the show notes for this podcast can be found at fabulouslyketo.com forward slash podcasts forward slash 
150. It would be great if you could support us through Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash fabulously keto and you can choose the monthly amount you wish. Can you recommend a guest we can interview? If you can, click on the link in the show notes to send us your recommendation. Would you like to join our Facebook group? Search for Fabulously Keto on Facebook. Our Facebook page is called Fabulously Keto and you can follow us there. Or you can follow us on Twitter. Our handle is Fabulously Keto. Or follow us on Instagram, Fabulously Keto 1. Did you enjoy the show? Let us know you listened by tagging us in your Insta story or Instagram post using the handle fabulouslyketo1 and the hashtag TFKP. All the links are on the website and in the show notes. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, click the subscribe button. Reviews help us to be found and reach new listeners. Please leave a review of our show on your preferred podcast listening platform. We appreciate you taking the time and read them all. Disclaimer. The information in this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. Nothing in this podcast can be taken as advice. Whether our guests are doctors, healthcare professionals or not, they're only sharing their own opinions and stories And this does not constitute a doctor-patient relationship. It's always best to seek professional medical advice should you wish to make any changes to your current medication or treatments. Also speak to your own doctor if you have any concerns about your health or you wish to make lifestyle changes, especially if you're taking medication.